Hello and welcome to Transparent Homeschooling with Carla Givens. Today on the show, I chat with Lindsay from Treehouse Schoolhouse. You need to go and check out her website and her Instagram. She has curriculum. She just came out with a new Easter curriculum for Lent, for the this Lent season that's coming up. And you need to go and get it. It looks amazing. She had a Christmas one that I actually talked to somebody about on the podcast back in December. And you need to go check it out. She blogs a lot about her life. And she's just was really down to earth and really great to talk to you. I've really enjoyed getting to know her just through this. And I know that you guys will too. So on the, the episode today, we just chat about her life. We chat about her life before homeschooling and now and how she was prepared for homeschooling. Um, She was just really, really a lot of fun to talk to. And I know you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. And as always, please like and share. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts so other people will will be able to see um, this podcast and it'll reach more people. And connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. I haven't been posting as much lately just because we're in the process of moving. But um, I still will, con- will reach out. I'll st- still reach out. I'll still talk to you and respond. And I'm going to try to get some more podcast episodes up soon. Also, I know a lot of you were listening to my Latin episodes. I'm going to try to get more of those up soon. And just let me know what you want more of. Do you want more of the Latin episodes for kids? Or do you want more of the... the um, interviews with adults. Um, I'm going to keep doing both, but just in this season of moving, I just need to know what you guys want to listen to the most so where I can put my time into. So as always, thanks for listening to Transparent Homeschooling. And here's the episode with Lindsay from Treehouse Schoolhouse. Hey, Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm so good. It's so good to be here. Thanks so much for being on here. I always just start with introductions. So just tell everybody just who you are about yourself. And you can also talk, go ahead and talk about your homeschooling business. Okay. So my name is Lindsay and I have four babies. Um, my littlest is eight months old and my oldest is seven years old. And we've been homeschooling since the beginning. I currently homeschool my oldest too. Um, my oldest is seven and my uh, second oldest is six. So um, we kind of combine school for both of them. And then my little ones are, like I said, an infant and a two-year-old. And um, we just love, love, love the journey that we've been on with homeschooling. Um, before I was a, a mom, I actually was a private homeschool teacher in someone's home. Um, I had two children who were had special needs and they were siblings. And I would teach one in the morning take a break and teach one in the afternoon. And I wasn't married yet. And I knew I wanted to homeschool when I grew up and had my own babies. Yeah. So I also uh, spent some time in children's ministry um, as a children's ministries director in my early twenties for a few years and loved that. So anyway, all of that has prepared me for this journey that we're on now and it's messy and crazy and fun, but here we are. That is awesome. It sounds like you're very well equipped to start homeschooling. I think, in fact, you may be the first person I've talked to who actually like knew before you had kids that you wanted to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had to convince my husband a little bit at first, but then he saw like, he saw, he saw how much I loved my job when I was homeschooling and all the freedoms that it gave me. And, um, just that it's what I always wanted to do. So I, sometimes I do feel like it's surreal, even though it's totally messy and not, 
the same as what I was hired to be in someone's home. And that was my only focus. Yeah. Um, it's definitely different, but I definitely still, I just love it. So Treehouse Schoolhouse is my business and it was born out of um, kind of just this place of, I wanted to document our journey and it, it became, you know, it went from being this organic, just about my life to a business pretty quickly um, a few years ago. And so I started an Instagram space documenting our days and then just started gaining momentum and started sharing about other curriculums. And it was really fun to have an outlet too, and just kind of a creative space for me. So I started turning into a blog and I, I have a website where I blog out a lot of just tips, practical ideas for motherhood, biblical encouragement, practical things for your home too, not just homeschooling, but you know, daily rhythms and keeping, keeping things in, in track with toddlers and meals and husbands and all the things. Um, and then I also have a shop on there where I create printables for your home education and also for your home, like for home management. And just this past year, I also wrote a, my very first curriculum. So that was a Christmas, a Christmas guide. So I'm also developing curriculum now, which is a dream come true. Yes. I love that. And uh, people listening, they may remember back around Christmas, I actually talked to somebody about a connected Christmas and she recommended it. We were already doing something at the time and it was pretty close to Christmas, but I, I already plan on using it next year. Oh, it's and I've heard really well, great things. Well, thank you. It's something I, I was, you know, I have written curriculum for about 15 years now and never, never published it. It was always just for my job and then mm-hmm. for my own children. Um, so just to have the opportunity to now publish it and have it in hundreds of homes all over the world has been such a gift. Yeah, that's the dream, right? I feel like it you're is. living so out fun. like the homeschooling dream and your kids are <laughs> so young. So I'm sure there's a lot more to come. Yeah. Now, are you still in church ministry? I'm not. No, I I am. I mean, we, of course, we attend a church. We have church family, but um, I volunteered as in the children's ministry before the world went crazy, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that, but, and I, and I loved, I even wrote, I wrote stuff for our church as well. Um, but no, I'm at capacity with four children homeschooling and running a side business. <laughs> yes. I'm the same way. I also have four kids. So I can't wait to hear about how you balance all of this because my, I mean, for me, this isn't a business. It's just something fun to do on the side. And I, it's, you know, I don't do it all the time. So I, I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear how you balance all of this. I'm sure we can learn a lot. I've been looking at your blog some, and I really want to talk about your organization. But first, let's talk a little bit about some of your reservations or worries that you had about homeschooling, because we all had them. I mean, you are r- really prepared and equipped, but I'm sure you also had some, some worries, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, my oldest two children actually have hearing impairment. And so I was already feeling like um, social situations can be tricky for them. Mm-hmm. And I was worried about, you know, this, the, the stigma of, you know, homeschooling, creating socially inept children and, you know, isolating them, even though I knew from experience working with, with children in homeschool situation that, you know, that is, that is truly a lie. It's a myth. If, if you, if you're intentional. I'm sure homeschool children can be totally isolated and socially awkward if the parent isn't intentional. Um, in our situation, though, it's actually been opposite. I feel like our kids get so much social life and um, I can be in control of it and I can choose which environments I think are good for them mm-hmm. um, socially. So I actually also 
um, lead a wild and a chapter of wild and free. Are you familiar with wild and free? Yes. I've talked about that on there on here too. Okay. The book and yeah, we've talked about that. Okay. So yeah. So, um, I started a section of wild and free in my city and we meet on Fridays. Um, and we have tons of families who meet we go outside, we hike, um, we play in creeks and we do nature study. And it's been like so wonderful for my kids. They, they have so many friends through that. So anyway, one of my hesitations was just their social life. And that has been debunked Yeah, (laughs) that it's not, it's not an issue really. Honestly, I don't, I, I just, I came into it, like you said, knowing that it was a good choice. Yeah. And the only thing for sure right now is juggling baby and toddler and wondering, are they getting enough? Are they yeah. getting enough of me? I could make this so much more, you know, uh, focused on them so much more fun. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have these two tag alongs that are needing me so much. Yes, I definitely know how that is. In fact, I was just talking to somebody about that today because I have, so I have an eight and 10 year old and then I have a two and four year old. So I have like a little bit of a gap between each each set, Mm -hmm. you know? And so my younger two, I was just telling somebody today, I feel like they're just always just along for the ride. You know, like everything's for the older two. Like I'm taking them to basketball and to drama and a co-op and the younger two are just along for the ride. And I don't do all the fun preschool stuff. I mean, I had a preschool in my house for my older two, but honestly, I've been noticing, well, I've been noticing lately though, my four-year-old at the beginning of the school year, he didn't even know letters. And he was like, I'm going to be a race car driver. I don't need to, to know this stuff, but I haven't forced him to do anything. And now he's reading words and I'm not even really, you know, like he's just, he's doing it on his own and he's so happy and he's so excited and he doesn't get upset if he gets something wrong, like the older ones did. So I feel like in a way it's almost better for them, or maybe it's just, you know, they're just all different. They're all different. So this route may not have even worked for my older two, but it's just, it's definitely been more of the wild and free. (laughs) I guess you wouldn't say that's a style, but you know, just kind of that mindset. Yeah. Especially like the delaying the formal education in the early years. Yeah. Um, We're kind of forced to. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm seeing the beauty of it because with my older two, I was more, I mean, I have a degree in education. And so that was more my mindset was, you know, Mm -hmm. they need structure, they need routine, they need a schedule, they need to learn all of their letters by kindergarten. They need to learn all Mm -hmm. this by kindergarten, have checklists and all that. And I just, the total opposite now. Yeah. I'm a lot less stressed. My kids are a lot less stressed. It's so, so nice, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you organize your days? Like just go through and explain a typical day for you guys. Okay. So I'm very thankful that my husband, my husband owns his own business. And about a year ago, um, we, I said, I really need your help in the mornings. Cause I have a little one who doesn't sleep super great. And um, I had a desire to do, to like start our day all together um, with like family devotions and for that to actually take a piece of our homeschooling off my plate too. Um, So we shifted his work schedule around and we figured it out where he can be there for breakfast. So um, I I try to wake up before my kids. I don't do it every day, especially since my eight month old is teething, but Yeah. So we start, I start my day, um, in the morning before everybody wakes up. I am very passionate about good coffee mm. and I have an espresso machine that you'll I see like often. I feel like we could be best friends. Like all of the I've things already you're been saying, thinking just like <laughs> speak to me. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so if you follow me on Instagram, I often in my stories randomly will show like a really beautiful cup of espresso because it's just, it's my mom thing. 
Yeah. So anyway, I start my day with some espresso and sit in my big vintage green chair in the living room and light a candle. And I like to read. Um, I go through kind of like a mom's morning time. Mm-hmm. I have a little basket and I read my Bible and I journal. I'm currently reading Little Women. I just do something for myself. You know, I start with fueling, fueling myself. And then I'm a very scheduled person. It really makes me feel in order if I write lists, things, lists and mm-hmm. things. And so I sit there with my planner and kind of look over our homeschool day, write down a few lists of set some intentions, even specific intentions for certain children, like this one child struggling with this. So today I'm setting my intention to focus on this behavior or, you know, one-on-one time with my toddler, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, the kids wake up and I make breakfast. We, I, breakfast is kind of our thing. I always have a hot breakfast and they help me cook or whatever. And around 7.30, my husband leads our family and family devotions. Um, we've gone through multiple different books, but he kind of takes that and runs with it so that if I need to um, help with the toddler and baby during that time, he can kind of lead the way and not have distractions for the big kids. And then he goes to work and my kids do chores. We have, um, uh, they have a, a few chores that they need to do before they can have free time. And so they do their chores, which is getting dressed. Um, and I, I've detailed all of this on my blog and multiple times because people are very interested in daily rhythms. I think it's yeah, very helpful it to really see is. other people and just how they do it. So if you're interested, you can find that on my blog. But um, and every few months I shifted around based on our needs. Mm-hmm. Um, around nine o'clock, we all gather for morning time. And um, at morning time, I have chosen to do the things that I can that my kids can do most independently because my baby and toddler are present. Mm-hmm. So um, I try to have something set up for the toddler to do at the table or he plays in the living room and then I'm nursing the baby at the table or she's on my hip or whatever Yeah. Um, while we go through our morning time um, things, which is like a, a calendar, weather chart, which are things that are, you can find in my shop. Um, and then we also go through hymns or poems. Um, we kind of ascribe to the Charlotte Mason method. So you'll see a lot of that in, in our homeschool. Um, art study, and then my kids do their phonics and uh, their spelling because it's something they can do without a whole lot of assistance. Um, so that whole time is about an hour. And when they're finished, um, just since the beginning of the year, I have implemented quiet time. So right after that, kids take a timer and a snack and they go to their bedrooms and I work out, which is a miracle yes, <laughs> that so I figured important. it in. I don't do it every day. I have, a, I have an hour where three or four times a week I, I fit in a quick workout. I throw in a load of laundry. I sit in quiet. I read. If I if I wake up late and I don't get that time in the morning, I squeeze it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also sometimes work on this space that I have at Treehouse Schoolhouse. And then um, they come out of their rooms around 11 and they have free time until about 1. And usually we take a nature walk, we go outside, or I'm just doing housework, they're playing. And then the bulk of our school is actually done in the afternoon. And the reason for that is because my toddler's napping and he's sort of a tornado at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get that. Um, yeah, my eight-month-old falls asleep sometime in the afternoon as well. So normally we get at least one hour where none of the babies are awake. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we focus in on the harder stuff or on the long read-alouds because we just cannot get a word in. Mm-hmm trying to read out loud when the, um, the littles are awake. So it's so hard. That's like the one thing I want to do more of is more read alouds. And then I have I all these plans to do them. And then my four-year-old and two-year-old just, yeah. It's- yeah. And you have this <laughs> magical idea in your head of how you're going to cuddle and have tea and, you know, and then like the toddler climbs on the table and then the baby starts crying and 
Yeah. All the pictures you see on Instagram of mom with like five kids in her lap and she's reading them all. I bet that only lasts like two seconds. seconds. Yeah. I don't even know who's taking the photo. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's craziness. So, um, I always expect morning time to be chaos, but like I said, we can kind of manage it. And then the afternoon time, if I don't at least get one hour, I feel like it's a struggle to get our schoolwork done, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it's mostly because my older two are still very young. I mean, they're, you know, they still need a lot of help. They're really not doing mostly anything independently. They need me to read things to them. They need me to explain things to them. And I love it. So I also, I like doing projects, you know, I like, I like um, making books come to life, you know, so we learn about the Vikings and we're baking Viking bread and we're making bracelets that are, you know, we're doing all those kinds of things and I want to do those things. So I try to make it fit into our day. Yeah. Um, as much as we can. And if we need to slow the curriculum down a little bit so that we can do more of that because the season that we're in with the babies and we do, and it's no yeah. big deal. And that's the of schooling. Exactly. Um, anyway, we do lessons till about three and then, um, my kids have, I'm so thankful. We have a, a very close knit group of neighborhood kids that, um, our house is the hub. We have a tree house and, um, a couple acres of woods and a, a trampoline and a zip line. And our, our backyard is kind of the hangout. So around three, it would be an odd day if the whole crew wasn't at our front door ready to play. Is that what they're doing when right they're, now? Yeah, when they're finished with, uh, yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> when they're finished with their virtual school, they come knocking and they're at our house for, you know, until we call them in for dinner. Oh, so fine. the big kids go outside. Um, sometimes I'll take the toddler outside or I kind of get my one-on-one with him in the afternoon. And then um, dinner, my husband gets home about 5.30 or 6.00. Um, we call the kids in for chores. They do like a little bit of before dinner chores to help set the table, wash their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also do after dinner chores. That's kind of how we figured out them to maintain like their bedroom and things is when my husband's home after dinner so that he can help me. Cause it's so much to try to do that and school and babies. So we've recently shifted some of the the maintenance of the house to the after dinner hour. Mm-hmm. And my husband can help with that. And then they usually wrestle and play music and hang with dad and yeah they read in bed and go to bed about eight o'clock start all over the next day (laughs) (laughs) sounds perfect i love it it's it's packed but it's also it also has margin for play and creativity and my house is not clean (laughs) my house is not clean because my children are creative and imaginative and we don't do a lot of screens and my daughter will create I mean, for hours, she just sits on the floor and makes messes creating things. And I just, I just let it go because it's, I love that. it's, it's a season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I love that. Ours is not either, especially right now, which right now it is kind of driving me crazy because we're in the process of like packing and moving and there's just stuff everywhere, but like, I'll be packing yeah. a box and then they're like, Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. And I oh, get yeah. it out and play with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So, that's one of the things that you you choose when you choose this life, I suppose. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm starting early. We're actually not going to move for about a month. So I'm starting early on, on all of that, you, you know. Um, <laughs> I want to back up a little bit. I, I have okay. a couple more questions about your day, but I want to back up to what you said in the beginning about me time because it really stood out to me because I feel like we're constantly bombarded with have me time, but it's like your me time is supposed to be like only for you. And I love that you said that your me time is where you spend time with the Lord and you read your Bible. And then you also go through and look at stuff for your kids for the day and things like that. And I love that you called that part of your me time because I think it's so important 
for people to realize that is me time too. Like it doesn't have to be that you go and get your hair done or that you oh, go right. get your nails like done and go to the salon. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just talked about so much. And so that just stood out to me. I really liked that you said that because I think, I think that a lot of people, if we just um, switched our mindset to, to that being me time too, like that, that fills you up probably more than those other things. Yeah. And too. I mean, for me, it's, it's what, what things in your life are causing you stress or making you feel like you're out of control Mm -hmm. and everybody's answer to that is different. Mm -hmm. But I mean, just to get really um, humble and honest here, currently I feel like I, you know, two things recently feeling like I'm struggling with um, my body image because I just had a baby. I've had four babies. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I'm always tired. I feel like I'm always weak. And so a way to care for myself is to look at that need and say, how can I, how can I combat that? You know, I have the, I have the power to figure out a solution to this. And I can ask the Lord, like, mm-hmm. Jesus, help me, give me a strategy for this. And so that's where fitting in a workout or, you know, sitting down and writing a meal plan that can be care- self-care because Absolutely. you're, you're taking a problem in your life and you're trying to figure out a solution. And then also with, with people in your family, I mean, we are, responsible for these hearts and God has given us the authority in our homes to care for these people. And that is a huge, amazing job. Mm -hmm. And so I may look at my family and go, you know, for example, right now, I feel like my toddler is crying out for attention Mm -hmm. and you can see it in behaviors or whatever. And so it is self care and it is family care to sit with the Lord and say, what does he need? Mm -hmm. And how can I be what he needs right now? Give me strategy, God. Mm-hmm. Give me strategy. And then, I mean, it's not just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Absolutely. I am yes. I am caring for him and caring for myself and caring yeah. for my family by going to the source of Jesus and saying, I need your help. Give me strategy to fix this. And so he might give us something very specific and say, yeah. give him 10 minutes before you start lessons. Absolutely. Read to him, put your phone away that is my answer for you. And then it can like, it can change your day. Yeah, definitely. It can really shape, it can shape a person. It can change your heart. It can change the attitude of your home, mm-hmm. the atmosphere of your home. And so I don't know how people just, I don't know how people just go, go, go without stopping to consider kind of the, the pulse of the family, the needs in the family, and then make a solution to those, those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really don't know how people do it without the Lord because he's the only way I can figure out how to do all of this, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's, I mean, this is one, the reason I bring this up is because this is something I've learned for myself too, is, but you know, we're, we're bombarded with like blog posts and books and all kinds of things saying you have to fill yourself up before you fill your kids, but then they make it seem like to fill yourself up. That's by doing like selfish things only for yourself. But like you mm-hmm. said, if you go to the Lord first that, I mean, that's really the only way you're going to get filled up and then your heart can actually be changed. So if anybody's listening and you need help with any of this, please reach out to either one of us (laughs) because we've learned this, you know, through trial and error (laughs) or I have anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely feel like when in my early motherhood, when I felt, um, this sense of entitlement of like, you know, my babies are taking all of my time, my body, my energy. It's not fair. I don't deserve this. Like I deserve a day out. I deserve 
you know, new clothes I deserve. And I just feel like that got squashed real quick. Yep. <laughs> and, and it really, it was my willingness to say, I lay down my life for you people. Mm-hmm. That's my call. I lay down my life. And it was in the laying down that I took up so much joy and yeah. fulfillment. And I don't feel like that anymore. I don't feel like even when I've got four people hanging on me and like so much to do and I feel overwhelmed, I don't thankfully feel any more like, you know, I need, I don't try to grab for something temporary to fill me up. Right. Um, Because I found too many times that I did, I would get that date or I would get that day out and have a babysitter. I would get that pampering session and I would come home and still feel empty Yep. because that's not the answer. Exactly. Now here I am preaching. No, this is what we need. No, it's perfect. (laughs) This has been on my heart for a while. Well, for me too, it's been, to really learn that I actually don't deserve any of this. Like I don't even deserve these kids that God has right. given to me. And since, since he gave them to me, I'm going to do my best to sacrifice myself for them. Like Jesus sacrificed for us, which I mean, it doesn't even compare, but I can do, you know, I can do it to the best of my ability with his help, but no, absolutely. Sorry. I know this is like not on our list of questions. That's okay. <laughs> and we can trust that doing that is not martyring ourselves. Like, Right. We can trust that when we lay down our lives for them, that he will be our fulfillment yes. and that we actually will have more life and more fulfillment when we follow the, the path of what he calls us to in laying our lives down. Because I also don't like the message of, I mean, look, you and I both are pursuing a hobby currently by you having a podcast, by me having a business. It's not me saying I can do nothing that fulfills me. I can right. do nothing. I mean, that's, that's a message I don't want to send. Right. Um, But the message I want to send is through Jesus Mm -hmm. being, you know, being the one that you go to for answers, he will fulfill you when your focus is on laying yourself down for your children. Like he will figure out how to fill you up. Yeah. You don't have to do it yourself. And also (laughs) we can do these things with our kids around. I had somebody recently say like, I just don't know how you do all that you do because I only have two kids and I can't do anything for myself or I don't have time to do any of my hobbies. And like you'd like stop looking at your kids as a hindrance, like look at them as like, have them come alongside with you, like teach them what you're doing. Like if one of them came in and sat in my lap while we're doing this podcast, I mean, that's okay. You know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's been really cool to, to tell my kids like, you know, the stuff that mommy is writing that we're using in school now, lots and lots of families are getting to use this. And lots of people are having this tool to teach their children about Jesus or, you know, everybody's doing this together during morning time. Look at this video of someone else doing it. I think that it's important for kids to also see us walking out in our callings, you know, walking Mm -hmm. out in things that we're passionate about. I mean, it's so cool because now my kids pray for treehouse schoolhouse you know they're like you know god bring the right people to see the stuff that mommy's writing and i think it doesn't have to be like you said it doesn't have to be this separate thing we can we can have um we can link arms with our kids and let them see us you know moving forward with the dreams that god has for our hearts and they can be a part of it yes absolutely so let's talk about so you talked about your organization of your day and i love that but does it i mean how often does it actually go that way I mean, if you, if you like, how often do you miss the morning part? And if you do, does it totally derail the rest of your day? So it doesn't, um, that I think the few things that the few things we have a few things that have to happen Mm -hmm. and then there's things that can kind of, you know, 
for example, um, I don't have to wake up at 530 and have my time with the Lord. If I have a rough night with the baby um, and I sleep until, you know, seven o'clock, um, I can still jump up, make breakfast. And my husband, thankfully, is right there ready to lead Bible time. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of wake up slow, get extra coffee, you know, nurse the baby. And like, I also, I feel like I've shifted our daily rhythm so many times to make it work for even when, you know, things happen. So I don't get started on morning time till nine o'clock, even though we're up so much earlier than that, because I know that I need some time after breakfast to get dressed, to make sure the babies are dressed, to kind of tidy the area so I feel more organized in my mind. Um, you know, I maybe originally I said, oh, right after breakfast, we'll jump into lessons. And then I, I realized that's not working. Right. So I've shifted it. You know what I'm saying? So it's always shifting, yeah. always changing. And, you know, my two-year-old, two and a half-year-old is napping every day. He goes to sleep just fine. Ask me again in six months, though. <laughs> he might ditch his nap and yeah. we have to figure something else out. My, my eight-month-old is napping twice a day. She naps pretty much at the same time every day. That's not going to stay the same either. So yeah. I'm always shifting things around. Um, but we currently do have a rhythm that pretty much Monday through Friday looks like what I said, besides the occasional, if we wake up, if I don't wake up in the morning or something, but I have, I am thankful that because I'm consistent for my own sanity, my kids know what to expect. I also have a visual daily like schedule. Mm -hmm. um, that I sell in my shop because it's so helpful. My older son has some sensory tendencies and if he doesn't have like very clear laid out plan, he struggles. Yeah. So from the beginning, we have used a visual schedule and that helps him tremendously. He does not fight me. He knows exactly what we're doing when we're done. Um, so sticking to a rhythm is sanity for me, for him. And honestly, it's the only way I think that we could ever get everything done yeah definitely. <laughs> in a day I looked at some of your charts I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get some I have a son who's the same way and um I personally am not as much like that but I definitely see how it does help us so I just right now I just write everything on our dry erase board and he loves yeah. to check it off but check it off. I saw yep. some of your things especially like the calendars and things that I think that my upcoming kindergarten kindergartner would really enjoy so I'm gonna have to look at some of that when we move so also you said you're, you're doing something for Easter. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I did, um, I wrote my first curriculum, like I said, back at Christmas, and it was a four week guide leading up to Christmas. Um, if you're familiar with the Charlotte Mason method, basically all kind of centered around narration and living books, poetry, handcrafts. So I, people loved it. I loved it. We used it in our own home. It was such a blessing to be able to write it and then see it you know, in my own home, I'm writing things that I want. And so um, you can watch in my stories, like everything and on Instagram, everything that you would be doing in your home with these curriculums I'm doing with my children and kind of see how they look. Anyway, I um, took that curriculum and kind of modeled an Easter guide after that. Um, it is not released yet. It is in the works. I just finished the writing process and I am partnered with my sister-in-law who does all of the formatting and the graphics. Will it so be she's ready working by, by this Easter? Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. going to be out um, in about, let me see what's the date. Yeah, it's going to be out in about three weeks. Oh, okay. Perfect. So we're, we're in the in publishing section, but it's um, the name of it has not been released on publicly yet, but I will share it here. It's called huh. An Expect Easter. Ah, uh, we're the first and to hear. That's so exciting. 
I know, <laughs> I know. And it comes to Easter. Um, and basically it's a three weeks of, you can replace your everyday homeschooling with this guide. Um, just add in your math. Um, there's, so the basis of it is that every day you're reading a portion of scripture that leads up in chronological order, leads up to the resurrection and crucifixion of Jesus. And each day when you read a passage of scripture to your family, um, it's a family centered guide. So you can do it with multiple ages. The child narrates it orally and they tell, so they tell the story back and then they write it in their narration notebook, which comes with the guide. And then they draw a picture of it. So by the end, you have a little notebook that's a keepsake of the entire Easter story. Um, and it's just seriously the best way for kids to digest this information and to retain it. So um, along with that, you're studying a hymn each week. You're singing it with your family. Um, an Easter picture book every day with a coordinating handcraft or recipe. So you're bringing in that fun hands-on connection. Yeah. And then um, you're also memorizing scripture each week with copy work pages, you are um, learning a poem, and then you're also studying a piece of art and you'll be replicating the art. So there's there's tons of stuff in there. You can use it to just for your morning time or you could use it for all of your homeschooling. That's what we do is we use it for all of our homeschooling for those three weeks. We just put our other curriculums on. So basically uh, on like a unit study, right? It yeah, sounds like a unit exactly. study. Like an Easter unit study. There's writing. There, I mean, there's so much in there that really all you need to do is add math. And if That's your child's great. learning to read, you could do some phonics. But other than that, and and I've made it so that you can adapt it all the way from preschool all the way up to middle school. So um, it can really be a, a full family experience to slow down, focus on Jesus, and um, just kind of have a time of reflection and enjoyment together. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, I'm definitely going to get that. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's exciting. And I'm going to get your connected Christmas for next year. Cause I heard such good things about that one too. Well, thank you so much. I think we're about to wrap up, but I do want to ask you just a couple more last minute questions. First of all, what's your favorite kind of coffee? Hmm. As I sip. Um, so <laughs> I am a snob with coffee. I used to be, I used to be a Starbucks barista. Ah. And so back in the day I would drink all the sugary, you know, for frilly, frilly girly drinks. But um, when you have good coffee and you have good espresso, you really don't need to do a lot to it. Mm -hmm. So I buy a local roast. Um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have really good coffee here. Okay. So um, once a week I go to my favorite coffee shop and I pick up their whole bean coffee and I have a, um, a home espresso machine that is just amazing that my husband gifted to me and I bawled like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was right after I had my fourth child and I was sleep deprived. So can, if you can relate to that yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> and the man was so sweet. He's like, you are worth this. And he doesn't even Aww. drink coffee. My, my husband my doesn't either. I don't know he how. <laughs> so anyway, I make, I make the best coffee at home. I don't even like to go anywhere anymore, but um, I use oat milk. I make Me two too. shots of espresso with oat milk. Um, with some froth on top. If you could see it right now, I would show you it because I'm drinking some right now. Or I like to have an Americano, which is just my shots of espresso with um, hot water and a splash of heavy cream. That's Especially awesome. if I could get it raw from South Carolina and get some raw milk. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. We, I live in Tennessee. I guess we hadn't even really discussed that. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're not too far. Yeah. So I, I like oat milk too. We have We have made the switch to oat milk and I really like it. It's very creamy. <laughs> it frosts really well too. 
I haven't tried that. So I think when we move, I'm going to invest in a nice coffee maker. I use a Chemex sometimes, like if I actually okay. have time, but yeah. not usually because the, who has time for that? You know? <laughs> I know. I used to have a French press that I would make. It was kind of the whole, it was like an act of, I don't know, something beautiful about smelling it. Is. it yeah. All of the things. Yeah. Um, and now my, my espresso machine is not quite, it's, it's definitely something you have to learn though, but it's been worth it for sure. Yes. If you're listening and you have multiple kids and you don't drink coffee, please like you're a superhero. Just tell me your secrets. <laughs> I <laughs> love if you're it. listening and want more espresso advice, you can reach out because everybody on my Instagram knows that I am like the espresso mom. <laughs> That's what I do. Love it. It's what so me. for you, like what has been the most rewarding part of your homeschool journey for you personally? Oh goodness. Probably um, my, I'm going to get emotional. My, um, my oldest son really struggled with language. He, um, we didn't know about his hearing impairment till he was two and a half. And um, we got him hearing aids around then. And that's when his language started developing. But until two and a half, he had no words and he had no desire to be read to. And I thought, I just thought he would never, never be a kid that loved books and loved reading. And that broke my heart because I knew that is the center of all good learning is like loving books. Yeah. Well, around literally about a year later, 18 months later, we were driving and I had just every day made a point. I'm going to read to him. I'm just going to read to him. I'm just going to, you know, even if he doesn't want to sit here and listen, no matter what, I'm just going to pick up books. I'm going to make library part of our week. And about a year later, he, we were driving and he just read a sign out the window. Oh, and I'm like, no, did you tell him that, you know, told my husband, <laughs> we ended up coming home and testing out like some early reader books. And sure enough, before the child turned four, he just learned to read. And now he's seven and a half. He will eat. He will just eat up any book at all. Everybody who knows him in real life knows that anywhere Titus, his name is Titus, anywhere Titus oh. is, he is just devouring books. Um, his language is just blossomed. He knows so much about so many things I don't even know about because he reads all day. That's and awesome. it's been such a blessing to see that I did not have to force it. I didn't have to worry about it. I just had to expose him to books being important in our lives and um, just trust the Lord with his pro his progress. Um, so I actually have a blog post I wrote about how both of my kids learned to read because it was two different journeys. Mm -hmm. But both of them, I can attest to the fact that it didn't have to be forced. Yeah. And it's been really beautiful to watch them grow and love, just love reading. Yeah. And it's such a blessing to me because if the kid loves to read. The whole world can be open to them. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's a good story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> it's so much. So people say like, people are always really worried about teaching their child to read. I, I've heard yeah. that a lot. Like yeah. maybe I'll just send them to school until they know how to read. I know. Then. But to me, I love that process. I'm actually so excited about going through it with my yes. my four-year-old who will be five soon and he'll be in kindergarten next year. I'm actually really excited about that part of it. Yes. It's just it a like lot of fun. It shocks you if you just they, just, they just pick it up when they're ready. Yeah. They and it's really just so do. much fun. It's like everything's so new and exciting to them when they learn how to read. And then they start reading signs, like you said, and just they want to yep. pick, instead of picking up books and us reading everything to them, they start reading to us. Like it's just yep. something magical about it. It is for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Just any last words of advice or encouragement? Oh, I would just say to take a deep breath. Um, if you're a new homeschool mom, or if you're considering homeschooling, 
this path has been so beautiful and it can be what you make it. Um, it can be really stressful and you can try to recreate, you know, public school in your home. And that's not, that's, you're not getting all the beauty out of it. Or you can, you know, create a culture in your home of loving to learn and an atmosphere that's rich and beautiful and all about connection. And so much can happen in that, that will really bless you as a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like my relationship with my kids is, is just so special and unique because we have this opportunity to, to do a home education. And I love, I love encouraging people. I love having real relationships with people. So I'm not too far off. If you need, if you need some advice, you can always reach out to me um, via email or on Instagram. I love having real relationships behind the screen. So just know that I'm here and I'd love for you to come over and uh, follow our journey at treehouseschoolhouse.com or on Instagram at treehouse underscore schoolhouse. If you'd come over there and follow me and we can connect. That'd be awesome. Yes, I will put all of that in the show notes. Okay, Everybody cool. can, can reach out. That's been the okay. best part of this for me is just making new friendships with people, especially yeah. with, you know, this whole past year of everything being strange and we haven't, I mean, we still have seen people, but it's just been different. So yes, for sure. Yeah, and just getting a peek inside of people's lives and how everybody can have their own culture of their family represented in their schooling. It doesn't have to look the same as the next person. You don't have to follow the same rhythm. Things that make me come alive and my family come alive doesn't have to be the culture in your family. That's the beautiful thing is that you can adapt to what makes your family grow. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. It was such an honor to be here and to meet you. You too.